Beginning with this year's elections, voting gets a whole lot easier. Your mailbox is your ballot box. Your ballot packet comes to you in the mail. But only if you're a registered voter. If you need to register or update your address, do it today at elections.hawaii.gov. Look for your free Hawaii elections guide in the newspaper or at these locations statewide. The deadline to register for the general election is October 5th, so don't delay. Hawaii, Hawaii votes by mail. Well, happy Aloha Friday and welcome to another edition of Spotlight Hawaii. I'm Ryan Kalei joined by Ianji Denise. And again, we want to thank our sponsors. We just saw moments ago, the Office of Election who reminds you that the general election is coming up. Uh, and the last date for those of you who have not yet regi to re uh, register is uh, October 5th. So that deadline coming up soon. And Ianji, today we continue on with our conversations with candidate, this time focusing in on Hawaii Island. That's right. Uh, the county is going to have a new mayor. Uh, Harry Kim did not make it to the general election. So we are talking today to Ikaika Marzo and Mitch Roth. These are two men who care deeply about this island, but have very different visions in terms of what direction it should go. Uh, before we bring them in, let's take a look at their backgrounds. After a crowded field of candidates in the primary election for Hawaii Island mayor, only two remain. And for the first time in 12 years, the Big Island will have a new mayor. Ikaika Marzo is a small business owner and community activist who built a large following on social media after spearheading relief efforts during the 2018 Kilauea eruption and establishing the Pu'uhonua Opuna Relief Center. This is the first time the Pohoa High School graduate is seeking political office and garnered 21% of the vote in the primary election, second only to Mitch Roth, who since 2012 has been serving as the Hawaii County Prosecuting Attorney. During his time as prosecutor, Roth started the restorative justice program within the prosecutor's office, the first of its kind in the nation. He also reopened the Peter Boy Kema Cole case that ultimately led to both parents pleading guilty to manslaughter. Roth finished first in the primary election with 31% of the vote. And we welcome everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Ryan, let's kick it off. Yeah, that's right. We are, of course, want to thank uh, Mitch and Ikaiko for joining us. Uh, of course, uh, this is a conversation that is extra important to Yanji and I. We are both uh, from Hawaii Island as well. So we want to thank uh, all those viewers who are watching throughout the state, as well as those on Hawaii Island. Full disclosure, though, to start off with, Ikaika and I uh, did grow up together. We were former volleyball teammates, so I just want to say that up front and just make that publicly known uh, in full disclosure uh, as well, because uh, it is a big island, but it's a smaller community there. So uh, we're going to start off here with our opening uh, statements. We're going to start off with you, Ikaika, if you can start off uh, with your opening statement here. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Ikaika Marzo. I'm from the big island of Hawaii. The reason why I'm running for mayor, you know, basically I'm from here. Um, my roots extends deeply into this soil, right into this aina and this island. My ancestors are buried here, and I just want the best for our community. I've uh, been striving for uh, in, within our community and working hard and connecting and communicating with everyone in the in our community and districts. And everybody knows me from the 2018 eruption. And during that time, it was full of, full blown into the community and how we can support our community during that time. And the reason why I'm running is because a lot of the people within the districts and Hawaii Island kind of begged and pushed me to run for mayor because they wanted a leadership, a new leadership and a change within our government system that we are going through right now. So everyone, mahalo, Ryan, thank you guys for having me on this show today, this morning. And happy Aloha Friday. Aloha, everyone. Mitch, will allow you now uh, some brief opening statement. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Mitch Roth. I'm the, uh, currently the prosecuting attorney for the County of Hawaii. I too am running for this island because I love this island and I love the people. And we have a lot of problems in our county and we need to have some real change. You know, one of the things that with me, I have three children. They all grew up here. They all went to public school and now they're all living on the mainland. If we want our keiki uh, to raise their keiki here, then we're gonna to need to have some real changes. We need to have quality jobs, affordable housing, and you know, someone that really knows how government works and how to make real changes in government. And I believe that I am that person. So I thank you and I uh, look forward to the conversation. Thank you both for being here. Uh, we also wanna encourage the audience to write their questions in the comment sections. We're gonna to try to get to as many as we can. Um, of course, dominating all of our lives right now is COVID-19. Uh, mm. And I'd like to start with you, Mr. Marzo. If you were in charge today, what would you do differently and what would you do the same in terms of the response for Hawaii Island? I think if, if I was in charge today, you know, once it started, I think I would start creating plans within our, our our county government and changing things around to make sure our our local businesses and economy can and can survive during this time um, and also look back at the 1918 Spanish Spanish flu and how our government moved forward during that time and kind of adopt some of those um, those plans to what we're doing today um, one thing I would have done is work with the state and federal government and find a way that how we can shut down our inter-island flights to protect our people on Hawaii Island. I think that's the number one thing for a mayor is to make sure everyone on our island is safe and secure during this pandemic. So uh, that's the things that I would have done, yeah. Mr. Roth, same question to you. What would you have done differently and or what would you do differently going forward and what would you do the same? You know, looking at where we are right now, it's easy to look back and say that there's there's things that we could have done better. But I think um, everybody in the state kind of realizes that we need to have consistent messages and our communication was not great. Uh, we weren't consistent. Um, there was different things happening on different islands and now the governor is in charge of making uh, all the decisions rather than the mayors. You know, during the early stages, I sent an email to Harry Kim asking him to to take action a lot quicker than he did. Um, I think that is something that needed to be done quickly. Um, and then we've done some things that were great and some things that haven't been uh, very great. Going forward, you know, I think one of the things I'd look at is trying to make sure that we are able to open our businesses in a safe manner and make sure that we're taking care of the mom and pops rather than the big box stores, the, the Walmarts and the Costco's and all those. We took really good care of them, but we didn't take care of our mom and pop places. You know, one of the biggest concerns, obviously, going forward, uh, as one of you would assume, the role of mayor is really taking care and managing the county budget. And obviously, there is going to be a huge deficit in the shortfall and the overall operating expenses of the county. Uh, how would you manage uh, the county budget, given the projections and the drastic cut in available resources and budget uh, options? Uh, are you in support of uh, potentially raising taxes, cutting county uh, services. We'll start off with you, Mr. Raj, with that question regarding the budget. You know, um, it's interesting. This is one of the few times that our county budget's a little bit uh, in better shape than the state budget. But moving forward, we're gonna need to look at some some tough decisions. You know, most of the, the taxes that we receive are from property taxes. We've been raising property taxes to solve problems for way too long. Um, I don't wanna raise taxes. We're gonna have to make some cuts 
we're going to have to do some things to find other monies. You know, our county has left money on the table, uh, grant money, earmark grant money on the table. Uh, we need to be aggressive in going after grant funds, not only the earmark, but competitive funds. We've done that in the prosecutor's office. I plan on doing that here. We need to make uh, cuts on a lot of the frivolous spending. There's a lot of frivolous spending in our government. We need to look for those uh, places where we can make cuts. And probably moving forward, we're going to have to look at doing some freezing of hiring um, for certain positions. We can't freeze for every position, but we can freeze for certain positions. And I think that's what we're going to have to do. We may in the future have to look for uh, furloughs, but we're not there yet. All right. Uh, I will let you respond to that. You know, first of all, if we look at the budget now, the majority of our budget, 66% of our budget is based on around our property tax, our uh, fuel tax, and our highway tax, and basically um, our general exercise tax, which is 66% of $404 million of our budget now. Um, basically, we all know that right now the property value for property taxes, property value is not taking a dive. It's actually staying stable. So I won't be raising no taxes because our community can't afford paying more taxes right now. But we might, we got to make sure we can maintain the services that we provide as county government. Um, obviously, you know, we cannot, you know, have everybody wants more services with and pay less taxes. That's not going to happen. So we got to make sure we can maintain the public service, public safety. Um, but freezing all county, uh, you know, funded vacancies. That's one of the key things on moving forward. Foolish spending within every department. We gotta look at every department, kind of dissect every department's, um, you know, uh, budget and try to see where we can, uh, you know, save and roll those funds over to the next, next physical year. Um, one of the things that we've seen is that the Trans-Pacific Travel Ban continues to be extended mm -hmm. um, every month. And we're now looking at October 15th, but we'll see how that actually plays out. One of the ways uh, one of your potential colleagues is working on this on Kauai is looking at resort bubbles. Uh, love to get your thoughts on if resort bubbles, if that's something that you would support for Hawaii Island. Mr. Marzo, we'll start with you. Yes, yes, resort bubbles. So, you know, before this, in October, on October 15th, we we're gonna see a new plan coming from the governor of um, travel and it's, PCR test, you'll take a PCR test before you travel to Hawaii. We came with a plan long before that. It's a three test plan where we, and it's, it's you can get the results. It's, it's called the LAMP test. You can get the result within 15 minutes. You, you test before you come to Hawaii. Once you get your ticket, you test once you reach Hawaii, and then you go into a quarantine for two days and you test at the end of the quarantine because there's a six day uh, incubation period with this pandemic. So the PCR test will not work. Three tests will work because you can test within that incubation period. But you know, the, the hotel bubble, when they quarantine for that two days, they can quarantine within their hotel. So that's, you know, that's a possibility that we can move forward for with tourism. Mr. Roth, what are your thoughts on the resort bubble concept? Yeah, I think the resort bubble concept is a good idea. The devil is gonna be in the details. Um, my daughter was here for about five months. She just went back to New York um, where she's working she was forced to quarantine for 14 days but after three days they called her and she was able to take a test and 
she got her results back in a half an hour and she was off of quarantine. We gotta be looking at solutions like that as well. All right, we wanna bring in questions uh, for those who are tuning in. We wanna, this question coming in from uh, Dardi asking about sustainability. Sustainability is key to the survival here on the island. What plans do you have to help Hawaii Island become more self-sustainable? Mr. Roth, we'll start with you with this question from our viewers. So this was one of my, my campaign promises. Within the first 100 days, we would set the stage for a sustainability summit. And so we've already started working on that. I have a team of people that have been looking into sustainability. And sustainability goes into a whole bunch of different fields. I mean, you can talk about sustainable energy, sustainable um, agriculture, sustainable tourism. So there's about 16 different um, subjects that we're looking at. We're hoping to bring people together, give our community a voice in actually deciding how we move forward into the future. All right, Kaika, we'll go with you. So, you know, Ryan, 80, 85 to 90% of all our food that we consume comes from out of state. So, and then now we just had the young brothers raise um, the, the, the shipping cost of 46%. So it moves us towards a sustainable living with sustainable energy, sustainable food, sustainable healthcare, sustainable lifestyle. You know, our, our island has been sustainable before. I think we got to look toward how we became sustainable back then and bring that model to it to now um you know agriculture has if if we go around this island this island is full of agricultural possibilities i think it's time that our county government and not only county government state government and federal government start to help our our people to move forward to supply our people on this island so sustainability that's one of the words that is going around and change I think we got to change our government to support the people on Hawaii Island to move forward. Um, on the topic of sustainability related, of course, is waste management. And Hawaii Island has a big problem when it comes to waste management, not only running out of landfill space, but also a lack of uh, recycling facilities. Uh, to that end, Linda has a question. Can we use plastics as fillers in the road to eliminate waste and overcrowding of our landfill? Uh, Mr. Marzo, we'll start with you on Linda's question specifically, but also on the broader trash issue for the island. You know, solid waste is a problem, not only on our island, but every island and around the world. We consume, we keep, continue to consume more and more and more. And I think our solid waste problem has reached to the brink where our expect, you know, our life expectancy of our our solid waste landfill is, is shortening by a year. So I think that, you know, I met a lady last night and what they're doing in Kona, they're, they're, they're bringing in plastic, they're breaking it down and they're gonna use it for um, housing material, surfboards, and that's the things that we need as county government. That's the way we can, we can move forward because right now, if we think about recycle, recyclables, there is no one in the world that is taking recyclables. So I think we gotta keep it here and, and use these recyclable plastics, cardboards, reuse it and use it to our benefit on Hawaii Island and our county com community. Mr. Roth, how would you address Linda's question and the, and the broader trash issue? You know, it, it's an interesting question because there's uh, places that are actually using plastics in their roadways. Um, we know that in Colombia, I brought this up last night during our conversation, uh, there's a plant that recycles their plastics or waste plastics and uses them to build houses and stuff. And both Ikaik and I met this lady last night who was talking about using uh, 
the recyclable plastics to make septic tanks and, and other things. And so there's some real opportunities there. We need to change what we're doing. On our island, one of the things that we've done is that we've stopped recycling. We stopped our sort stations. We're gonna need to get people back sorting their rubbish, reducing the flow into the waste stream, but we're also gonna have to make some big changes with what we do with our landfill. We have uh, different opportunities for uh, digesters from sort stations to waste to energy. Uh, and I think that's one of the things we have to really look at and come up with a really good plan. You know, on this thread of sustainability and uh, sort of renewable energy, uh, another issue that is currently uh, in front uh, and, and in the headlines, con uh, it concerns the Honua'ola bioenergy power plant. Uh, what is your stance uh, on the situation and the ruling by the PUC? Uh, and, and further, how would you sort of help to facilitate this moving forward? Uh, Mitch, we'll start with you. So, you know, the, the um, energy plant um, decision is a state decision. So the PUC has made that decision. I have a feeling that's gonna go into the next stage. There's good, there's positives and negatives on Huanola. Um, One of the things uh, that we saw when we went and took the tour of the plant is that it would prevent about 250 um, barrels, 250,000 barrels of black oil being um, burnt a year at Helco. Um, so that black oil is coming in from out of, uh, out of state and that costs our taxpayers a lot of money. Uh, that money doesn't go around in our state. And so the possibility of using stuff that comes from here uh, is a great uh, thing. When, in, when you talk to the community members, though, there's a lot of concerns. And some of the concerns have to do with the hauling on the roads, uh, the infrastructure on our roads and our roads, uh, you know, there's infrastructure issues there that we need to look into. So it, it's a really a, a weighing back and forth. Um, I think it will probably end up going to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court is gonna be really ruling on um, the rates versus the uh, some of the other issues that the community is bringing up. I think we'll go with you Steve, on this question of the uh, Honolulu bioenergy plant. So right now, as far as energy goes, we are on track. We are at 34.7% um, you know, on energy, re renewable energy on Hawaii Island. We're supposed to be at 100% by 2045. So we are ahead and our island is, uh, you know, above average in the whole country. But Ola, there's so much issues, but this is what I said. Okay, we know Ola is under the state and POC, but in order for our county to have something like that operating, is there... We have a problem. It's called trash. You know, we we still every day we consume. There's 300 tons of trash that come into our island, uh, and so the first thing that I asked, his name was Kevin from Honolulu. Is it possible that Honolulu can turn into a waste to energy plant? And he said yes. And that's the first thing because we have a problem, and we you know we gotta find solutions to solve our problems on Hawaii Island. And, you know, also we got to connect with the community uh, and, and the community within Papekeo, they're the ones with the voice and we got we to gotta communicate with these people within the community. Uh, I see a lot of questions coming in. This one from B Small uh, at 1047, Ryan says, what is your plan for TMT and Mauna Kea? Do you support building it here? Uh, Mr. Marzo, we'll start with you. So my plan, my plan with TMT is we don't have the opportunity to sit at the table right now. My plan is to sit at the table to make a decision on how we manage the mountain. It's not about TMT. 
It's about managing Mauna Kea. If we don't have a management plan, who knows, by 10, 10 years, 15 years, we could have a 50-meter telescope from there and then on. So we got to come up with a management plan. County government don't have any jurisdiction on that mountain. So as of right now, come up, to, come up with a plan and solve the broken promises from our state government that they gave to the people a while ago. Do you think that the project should go forward? Do you support building it? I don't support it because of the management. We need to come up with a management plan before anything moves forward. Um, I have stated that before, and I'm going to continue to state that today. It's transparency. That's what they have lost. Our county government, not our county government, but our state government has lost the trust within the people of Hawaii. We cannot keep on going and desecrating the land. This whole island is sacred. We got to figure out how we can move forward with the people. So I'm against it right now. Sorry, I realize my mic is muted. <laughs> Mr. Roth, what would you, how would you answer B? Do you, what's your plan for the project? I know it's a state-run project, but you know, as far as the county can be involved, what is your plan for it? And do you support building it at all? So I support TMT because I believe it provides educational and economic opportunities for our island. You know, the thing though is when we're talking about TMT, there's also the realization that for over 50 years, there's been stewardship issues with the land and, and there are things that we need to, to fix. What is the real, real role of the mayor? I believe the role of the mayor in this issue is to bring people together, to give people an open, honest voice and look at you know common ground, find common ground. And I believe there is common ground to be found here because whether you support TMT, whether you're against TMT, uh, whether you don't even care about TMT, if you have kids or if you have family members here, um, the common ground is you want your kids to have the opportunity to raise their families here. And, you know, that's where we should start the discussion. How do we move forward in making sure that we're able to take care of our island? And I think um, for TMT, that's, that's really the discussion we have to have. You know, in sticking with this uh, topic of, of TNT and this discussion, obviously, if the state decides to move forward with the project and give the green light, which, uh, you know, the EGAID mission continues to support, and we could see what we saw happened uh, last year with uh, people gathering on the mountain as, as these crews sort of make their way up. Uh, as the mayor, what would your stance be uh, if we see something similar happen again and county resources are uh, once again tapped to be able to help to manage uh, those who are against it. Uh, Mitch, we'll start with you. So first, I, I, I wouldn't take, uh, you know, the governor's role and put it into the mayor's position, which our current mayor has, has done. We, he's been in charge of the mountain, but he's not in charge of the agencies that are on top of the mountain. And so, you know, that is not the mayor's role. The mayor has 18 departments down below that need to be taken care of. And right now we're in crucial times. Um, we can be at the table, bringing people to the table, giving people a voice, um, solving problems, but it's not our role to manage the mountain. Uh, if I same question about uh, how you would manage, uh, should what we saw, uh, what happened you know, last year happen again during your time, should you be elected mayor? I think the role of the mayor is to make sure the people are safe, um, you know, on, the, on that road, making sure not only the kupuna, but also the supporters of TMT and everyone in the community are, are safe. You know, this, this TMT has, it's a project. It's a project that have divided our people on Hawaii Island. And a project shouldn't do that. 
we should we should all we are all on this island we are all on this boat together and we must move forward together so you know basically our county government don't have any jurisdiction on the mountain but we can still keep our people safe during that time and arresting our kupuna on and beneficiaries of department of hawaiian homelands was you know i i think that's something that needs to look be looked at because a property that they were standing on is on Department of Hawaiian Homelands. And DOT never did transfer the land. There was no transfer of land. And, um, you know, I just want to make sure people realize that. So um, keeping people safe during the protests was, is, is, our, is our number one object, objective. Um, we want to give you an opportunity to engage with each other. So, uh, Mr. Roth, we'll start with you and, and let you pose a question to your opponent. Uh, hey, Kaika. The, the other night in PBS, uh, or last week, we talked about on PBS, uh, using some of the monies from the um, public lands fund right. to overcome the budget. How would you do that in light of you know what's in the charter? And and, and, so, and why would you want to do that? I mean, we're know, trying to protect lands for our for our keiki and our future generations. So you know, basically, Mitch, um, we just looked. We're going to go through some hard times right now. Um, and we looked at how our administration in 2008 got us out of that recession. And some of those bold ideas, we just looked at it. Well, we didn't want to do it, but we, we are going to go in through some hard times with our budget and managing our budget. And, um, you know, looking further into it, it's a charter. There's a charter and it's, it's not possible. And for me, I am, I'm native to this land. I want to make sure our land is in is in the better hands than what it is now. And um, so we, 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 we're not gonna do that anymore. So we gotta find other ways to manage our budget. Um, learning that and talking to some people about that, um, you know, I think, I think we came to a conclusion that we wanna make sure we can uh, protect our lands on Hawaii Island. Okay, and, and uh, Mr. Marzo, now it's your opportunity to ask Mr. Roth a question. Oh man. I have so many questions. So here's the, here's the thing, I, you know, I'm not a politician. I'm a person with aloha and, and I always like to ask the out of the box question. And, um, you know, I just, I have a question for Mitch and it's on the top of my head <laughs> and it's, it's gonna have everyone smiling, should I say. Mitch, where were you born? And your, where did you go to school? And what was your first job? Oh, so I was actually born in California. I dropped out of high school, but got my GED from Kaimuki. So I'm actually a Kaimuki bulldog. My first job was for this little mom and pop shop um, in, in Los Angeles area, um, a little store. The boss decided he was gonna, um, Chain, you know, put his name on all the products, and I knew that place wasn't going any place. So a couple of friends and I left and went to Hawaii, and of course, that place has never been heard of again. Called Trader Joe's. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one before. Right on, man. Well, nice to get a little bit of the of the personal side of both of you. Um, I'd like to actually delve into this a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Roth, we'll start you with you. What do you think is the biggest difference between you and your opponent? Do you think it's, um, you know, it, we can you can talk about issues, leadership, or or your experience. I mean, what area do you think that when when the voters are making a decision, what is the biggest distinction between the two of you? You know, we we both done a lot of stuff in the community. I, I think the biggest difference between us is I have the experience 
uh, and running a county agency, I know how the, the county works. Um, I know, you know, how the laws work and, you know, coming, going forward, we're going to need to make sure that we're able to hit the ground running. So I'm able to hit the ground running. And I think the other thing is that I've been able to put into place a lot of different programs and initiatives in the county um, that have really made positive change. You know, we both did stuff. It's interesting. We both did stuff on the lava um, crisis. I helped start a um, faith leaders group that helped feed, you know, over 20,000 meals. They helped build houses. They helped, um, you know, with transportation. They helped with laundry. Um, they helped do a whole bunch of other things. So we both have done those kinds of things. But I think the experience in government and understanding how things work in the government is the, the real difference here. And Mr. Marzo, same question. What do you think is the biggest difference between you and your opponent? I think the biggest difference is, um, you know, me communicating with my the people. You know, I think between me and him, I led a community through a disaster. And we're going through a disaster right now. And let me give you an insight. On a, on a given day, there was hundreds of people working with the hubs to service hundreds and hundreds more. And people might remember me because of my reports that uh, my professional reports that I, I had broadcasted at uh, on Facebook Live and collaborating with various pro uh, professionals to provide information for the community, coordinating er information efforts for la from land, sea, and ocean, uh, coordinating rescue efforts for animals, belongings, and people working with nonprofit organizations and businesses around the world to help support our people during that time. Not only that, you know, love and aloha for every person on this island. You know how much people that cried to me, um, cried on my, that I cried with families, lava evacuees, and 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 Ohana that went through that. You know, I think that's what we need is we need aloha for the people on Hawaii Island. We want to bring in uh, more questions from those who are tuning in. This is from Lane uh, asking oh, specifically about. Uh, I'm sorry, this is actually the wrong question we brought in here. Uh, it was a question, sorry, there's a lot of actually comments that are coming in and we're trying to track them as much as we can. Uh, there was a question asking about medical uh, aid uh, in rural communities. And I know that uh, that is something that continues to be an issue on, on Hawaii Island. Uh, mm -hmm. If you can sort of speak to, uh, we'll start with you, uh, Ikaika, talking about sort of the access to care for those in the rural communities and uh, medical care for those that may be out there. I think we got to increase medical aid within all communities. One community for sure, and we're growing. Puna, we don't have a uh, medical center here in Puna, but we have medical centers around the whole island in every district. Kau, Waimea, Kohala, um, Honaka, Hilo, Kona, but Puna, we don't have that. And we're the biggest cul-de-sac in the whole state. Secondly, we need to bring back our medical physicians that have gone away and studied in the mainland, studied around the world. We got to bring these guys back to have them, uh, you know, co contribute back to our community. So, you know, I think we got to heighten up our healthcare within rural districts, tele, you know, uh, telehealth because of the COVID-19, but all of these things we got to think about right now. Uh, Mitch, we'll start with you. I, I will well, I'll let you respond to that question about uh, medical access in these rural communities. You know, medical care is, is something that was desperately needed on Hawaii, and the 40% uh, physician shortage is prior to COVID. 
Um, we really need to, to look at some different things to happen. Um, but medical care is actually a function of the state Department of Health rather than the county departments. But what the county can do is can help with infrastructure that will allow for telemedicine. It can allow for better transportation systems so people can get to their doctor's appointments and, and the like. But what the mayor has to do in addition, and our county needs to do, is that we need to be advocating for um, different kinds of reform at the legislature, whether it be insurance reform, because our doctors are some of the lowest paid per capita uh, in the country. And it's hard to bring people back if you can't pay them. Um, we need to look at uh, maybe um, relaxation of our taxes for them um, so that they can actually uh, have jobs. A lot of our doctors, as you talk to them, they're struggling. They're, they're, they're living from paycheck to paycheck. And that's not the way you think of doctors. So we need to really do some great advocating uh, and advocacy at the legislature and have those relationships there to make those things happen. And I know you, your dad was was one of those people that you know we could go to and, and, and have those conversations with. Yeah, thank you. You know, one of the things about the Big Island is that it is geographically so large and the needs of the community there are so diverse. In past years, there's been talk about dividing that county actually into two counties, West Hawaii and East Hawaii. Um, you know, I, I don't imagine that either of you support that, although if you do, please do let us know. Uh, but Mr. Roth, we'll start with you. How do you meet the needs of a place that is so diverse? Yeah, that's a great question. As, as we go around the, the island, um, we hear from a lot of people that they don't feel that their voices are, have been heard in the last four years. We need to get back to the situation where our, our um, mayor and our cabinet members are regularly at our West Hawaii Civic Center. But more than that, we need to make sure that they're getting out to the various communities. In 2000, I started an initiative called the CEO, which was the Community Empowerment Organization. And in that organization, we trained people from the communities to be facilitators and problem solvers. And then we would bring the county, uh, the mayor and the cabinet to meetings in the various districts where they would have plans, where they would have solutions. And we not only listened to them, but we gave them a seat at the table and helped them to come up with the solutions that were going to help that, um, their communities. And I think we need to get back to that, and I have a plan on making that happen as well. Okay, and, and Mr. Marzo, same question for you. How do you unite such, unite such a diverse community? You know, we are all one island, one heart, one people. I think the best way, you know, in the, in, in the primary, <laughs> that was my point that I wanted to go around Hawaii Island and meet with all the people. And, you know, I think the people told me, everyone told me in every district, there's lack of representation for our district in the mayor's office. That clicked. We need to make sure there's equal representation around the whole island. So what I'm saying is I'm on the west, I'm on the east Hawaii. I live in east Hawaii. I'm from east Hawaii. I know what problems we are going through in east Hawaii, but we need a second person in line, which is the managing director, come from West Hawaii so they can have their equal representation when we sit at the table so we can uh, we can uh, address all the issues that um, that our island is going through right now. You know, one of the things and the concerns and that uh, you had brought this up earlier is just the opportunities for the next generation uh, for jobs and for industries uh, on Hawaii Island and being able to continue to live there. Uh, moving forward, what sort of uh, diversity, uh, diversification of the local economy there uh, do you have in mind to help to keep 
local kids in uh, on Hawaii Island, as well as just to support the overall economy moving forward. You know, we need to change the philosophy of our government to a government that helps people thrive and survive um, versus permitting them to exist. And the way you do that and the way you keep our kids here is you provide quality jobs and affordable housing. And in diversifying, um, we have a lot of different opportunities to do that. We have, you know, renewable energy. We have, we could, we should be the uh, model for the rest of the world on, on renewable energy because we have all the resources here. Um, we have agriculture. And now when you talk about agriculture, a lot of our farmers are struggling right now. And a lot of our farmers are generational. We need to look at different ways of doing farming, maybe regenerative farming, or looking what they do in Israel to, to look at that. Looking at things like entrepreneurial accelerators and incubators to help local businesses get a start uh, or to help businesses uh, scale to market. There's a lot of different opportunities for us to create jobs. It's not a one size fits all, but the, in order for any of that to happen is we need to get the biggest obstacle out of the way, which a lot of times is government. Uh, I guess same question about just diversifying the economy and sort of the industries that can help move Hawaii Island forward. You know, I think that some of the things that we, we got to look at is county government and state government. We need to help our local economy and our people to move forward. There's too much red tape. So if I, you know, agriculture, there's so much red tape. There's so much things that we got to buy in order to be successful. There's so much, um, you know, invasive species that come in and attack our crops. We got to protect our local economy, uh, our local agriculture. Also, you know, data centers around our island. I'm on, I see all of our kids with this, this phone, you know, three years old. They're, they're so techy already. We got to use that to our advantage. Start data centers around the island so our kids can explore um, the possibilities of using the technology because our, our kids now are growing up in the technology phase and, and, and technology world. So we got to use that to our advantage. Okay, Ryan, I want to bring in a question from Tiffany at 1106. We are getting close to the end of our time here. Um, so she's asking candidates, where will your focus be in the first 100 days? Where will you spend your time physically and be most present? So um, Mr. Marzo, we'll start with you. If you're elected, where is your? where are you going to focus your energy in those first three months? Let me tell you the first, my energy is going to be focused right on Hawaii Island, the whole island. I want to make sure that I can communicate with every person on this island, every leader, county council. So because we're going to have some big issues coming up in the next few years. So we got to make sure our first 100 days, actually, we're starting the first 100 days. We're starting plans already on how do we restart our economy on Hawaii Island, how to balance the budget, and also how to connect with every person on this island to make sure we can address all the issues on Hawaii Island. So, you know, I think that's the first hundred days. And that's, that's, I think that's what we're going to be doing. Oh, Mr. Ross, same question for you. Yeah, I think, you know, the first hundred days is pretty important. We have some plans that we have in place. We're looking at first making sure we have a cabinet, but then how do we recover from COVID? So we've started reaching out to the chambers of commerce and some other people to start coming up with a COVID plan. Like I said earlier, we want to have a, sustain a sustainability summit um, the, the field set for that. So we've started working on that. 
we're looking at different things in infrastructure. Uh, there's a couple of big projects in Kona that we need to, to get off the ground, um, whether it be the Ali'i bypass road or the Kealikai uh, wastewater system. Um, there's a lot of things that we want to do gets right from the start. But first and foremost, we need to fix one of the biggest problems that we have is the permitting process. And I actually have some plans on how to fix that permitting process so that businesses are able to thrive and succeed uh, versus just being permitted to exist. You know, as we wrap up our time here, I want to bring in another question. Uh, and this is a question that uh, Kella has is, uh, and I'll sort of summarize it here and just read the end part. But if either of you become elected mayor, would either of you be open to welcoming one another as part of your administration? Uh, we're going to start uh, with you, Mitch. Would you welcome Ikaika as part of your team? Yeah, you know, I, and, and this is a, a really great point to make that Ikaika and I are actually friends and the way we've run our campaigns has been very respectful and it really should be a, a model for the rest of our country because as the country is being torn apart, um, we've been able to find common ground. We don't agree on everything, but we've, we've talked about other things. And I would be willing to, to look at, you know, putting him someplace um, in, in, in the administration. I mean, we have to, we'd have to talk about where that would be or what possibilities there are there. Uh, and same question for you. Here's the thing, um, Ryan, you know, me and Mitch, we just want the best for our people on Hawaii Island. That's all. And I think, you know, with the heart and passion and with the brains, we can make that happen. The thing about it is we're on totally two different spectrums and we cannot have the same people that uh, agree every time. We got to have someone that disagree to get the best for our people on Hawaii Island. And me and Mitch, you know, I think that could happen. And I'm looking at that already. I mean, he's a handsome guy. Everybody very likable. And um, yeah, I mean, He's a good guy, so. This is a very uh, different uh, kind of debate than the ones Ryan and I were used to hosting. And, um, and also, I make him look skinny, so. Oh. <laughs> one, I'm, one, I'm one more. Um, before we get to the closing statements, I want to ask one that's very topical. This is from Darla Wright. Um, and what are your beliefs, what are the candidates' beliefs on mandatory masks, testing, and vaccines? Um, you know, what, what are your takes on the mask mandate? One thing that the county mayor, of course, does is help to set enforcement policy and priorities with the police department there. Do you think that mask mandates should be enforced? Do you think there should be penalties for people who don't wear masks where it's required? Um, you know, uh, Ikaika, we'll start with you. So here's the thing, mask. I wear my mask for you. It's our kuleana and our responsibility to, to protect everyone on this island. Um, have you guys seen it's um, our kuleana, um, hashtag our kuleana. It's our responsibility. So, um, you know, the mask is not just for um, walking around and protecting myself, but it's actually protect you. And with with the mandates and, and giving people violations, I don't, that's kind of out of context, I think. But I think we just got to remember that when I wear my mask, I want to, I'm wearing it because of you and your kupuna. But do you think that people should be ticketed if they don't wear masks? You don't. Okay. I think it's education. I, I think everyone needs to be educated that it's not about me. It's about us, everyone. Uh, Mr. Roth, how about you? What is your take on, on mask mandates? 
you know, we've been looking at, at, at these mass mandates and, you know, we want people to be healthy. And so far, the, the, you know, everything that we're getting back is supposedly saying that masks make, make you know, the community a lot safer, keeps the stuff in. So, yeah, it is our kuleana to, to do it and we should be doing it. Um, but there's so many different loopholes in that. It makes it very difficult to, to enforce. Okay. All right, we want to uh, thank you both for your time. But before we wrap things up, we want to allow you uh, one last opportunity to speak directly to the voters of Hawaii Island with a closing statement. Uh, we initially started this broadcast. Uh, Andrew, you have to read my who. Uh, I think I Marso. He went first. So, uh, Mitch, we're going to start with you with uh, the closing statement on your for your uh, you and your campaign. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for for coming and listening. Um, I'm running because I love this island. I love the people. And it's really important as we go into this post-COVID or even during COVID that we have a, a county government that is operating, that is helping people thrive and succeed. That's helping making sure that we are able to keep our keiki here to, to raise their ohana here. And, you know, I have the experience. I have, uh, you know, the legal experience, the experience running government that I believe that I am the best candidate for this race and I ask for your vote. Thank you. All right, Ikaika. So mahalo everyone, mahalo Ryan, mahalo for having me on this show. You know, I I think it's it resonates around the whole island. Aloha is the key to love and success with the county government. And that's what I have been giving, that's what I've been doing for all my life. Born and raised on this island. My roots extends from this island. My ancestors are buried here. I will continue to live here. My kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, and generations. I want to protect all the kids, the keiki, and the, and the kids that is coming before that. And make sure that we have a future for everyone to live on this island. So, you know, again, mahalo and thank you for having me. Aloha. Thank you so much to both of you for being here. And thank you to all the questions coming in. A lot of um, people, supporters on both sides and a lot of people also admiring um, how generous you were toward one another. So we do appreciate that. Thank you again for being here. Thank Aloha. you. Thank you both. Aloha. Well, Ryan, uh, I liked your, or the, whoever asked that question that you brought in about having a job in the administration. It sounds like win or lose, these guys are both gonna be working in county government. Uh, yeah, we could. And again, you were right. This is uh, obviously a different type of discussion that we've seen from other candidates. Uh, these two uh, saying that they are friends and, and respectful of each other in that uh, nature and in the way that they uh, interact with one another. But there are some stark contrasts, obviously, in policies and ideas for moving Hawaii Island forward. Uh, we heard that from a wide variety of topics uh, and the way in, also including uh, how they would handle the pandemic and moving forward with the uh, county of uh, the Big Island County. Yeah, so we invite you as soon as this broadcast is over to like it, to share it. Um, you know, if there's somebody who is a voter in that county and they, they need to see this, please do let them know. Next week, we're continuing in the world of politics on Wednesday. We're going to be inviting uh, Mr. Amamiya and Mr. Blangiardi, of course, the two candidates for Honolulu, uh, city, city and county of Honolulu for the mayor here. My guess is that they will not be as magnanimous, but we'll have to see. Uh, but we, we're looking forward to our discussion with the two of them. And uh, on Monday, as he has for, the, for this whole month, Governor David Ige will be joining us. That's right. So we're looking forward to that conversation. And uh, before we sign off here, you know, Yanji, this was obviously uh, personal to both of us. We are both call 
Hawaii Island, our home, and uh, originally come from the Big Island. And so I just wanted to take this brief moment, if I could. Uh, this past week, Hawaii Island lost a, a really great community e leader and someone who is very special in my life, uh, Nelson Suji, who happened to be my uncle, passed away this week. And he was a former fire chief of Hawaii Island for many years. He led the fire department during some very difficult times and a number of natural disasters on the Big Island. Uh, he was very active in the community. He started the Dream Come True, uh, the Dream Come True program, which for those of you on Hawaii Island, remember those were the all-you-can-eat ice cream parties that they would have at KTA, and it raised money to help uh, critically ill children and uh, did so much for the community. And so uh, I just wanted to use this opportunity to uh, say mahalo to everyone uh, on behalf of the Suji Ohana for just their well wishes. Uh, he was a great leader and someone I really admired and looked up to. And uh, we certainly will miss him. But Yanji, I think it speaks to something that so many of us uh, now, and myself included, are experiencing during this time of COVID, of losing a loved one during this time. And and the restrictions that it places, obviously, not being able to gather with family and friends and, and being able to send people off uh, in, in, with a funeral and gathering, uh, I think that it really sheds a, a, another light onto the impact of this uh, pandemic has had on so many, uh, you know, in, in, in our community and beyond, so. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that remembrance and you're absolutely right. Uh, as we talk about the deaths from COVID and, and other causes in this time, uh, it is true that family can't gather in the way that they're used to. And here in Hawaii, of course, we rely so much on our aloha and that is, you know, physically getting to be with each other and hug one another. So uh, we send all our well wishes to your family and, and, and our, you know, condolences for this loss. Yeah, thank you. And again, we, uh, we want to thank all of you for being a part of this conversation and being engaged. Uh, we want to thank the candidates as well. And again, as Yanji said, encourage you to please share this video uh, and uh, really help to uh, educate people about some of the issues that are happening specifically on Hawaii Island. And we'll see you right back here next week on Monday with the governor and, and talking more about uh, COVID-19 and other things that are impacting our state right here on Spotlight Hawaii. Until then, aloha. Aloha.